0: seasons greetings more like seasons compliments because compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab and i'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now the results are incredible in little time min skincare and caldera lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine clear skin less wrinkles and signs of aging enough said Calera Lab Skincare. Join the 100,000 men who trust Calera Lab to show your best first impression this autumn. Get 20% off with the promo code SEVEREMMA MMA over at CaleraLab.com. I've been using Calera Lab now for a good while, and you know me and Graham are staying up late. We're watching flights, and we need it at night, and we need it in the morning, and it really does help out. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen is exactly what you need to start that all off. It leads to their product line. It's a a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven, and it's been the wild west for men for a long time. That's why they're here, just to make everything simple. So the regimen includes three products, the Clean Slate, base layer, and the Good. Very easy. Clean set, start your day. It's a face wash, leaves all skin types refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And in the good is your go-to, before you go, too bad. It's a multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother, as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. Every drop of the serum is packed by tr- packed with three point four million antioxidant units, protecting your skin. And the Claire Lab Icon Serum as well. That's absolutely brilliant. It addresses the three most common skin concerns around the eye, fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness, which I know every MMA fan needs. Calera Lab is a leader in men's skincare, made only with the top tier ingredients. Clinical trials uh, have found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger appearance after using Calera Lab for a few weeks proven one minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles fine lines and sides of aging so this is a deal just for our audience exclusive deal you're not beating this offer use the promo code severe mma at CalderaLab.com. And get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with the promo code SEVEREMMA at to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holiday season. 20% off at CalderaLab.com with the code SEVEREMMA. If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Severe podcast and sign up from the rewatch to the q a we will have loads of content every week so sign up patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot
1: sean sheehan of severe mma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god Severe MMA. 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 MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here.
0: Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's episode 438 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Bowden Barrett of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a massive weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. A massive week in the world of mixed martial arts. If you haven't heard it, we already did a breaking news podcast about the whole USADA situation, the whole McGregor situation, the whole Islam McCatchell situation. We'll talk a little bit more about maybe all of them uh, in a second, although I don't know if we'll have time because there's so much. Graham, you were at Cage Wars last night. We're going to start with that. How was it? How was the event overall? It was in the RDS. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. Uh, you were there. Tell us what was it like.
1: Yeah, it was it was different. You know, I've never been in the RDS before. For I, I'm pretty sure I've never been in the RDS before for an Irishman event. event. Um, it was it was the, the setup was nice. The the media room was in the back, which is a bit annoying because you have the fights on the TV there, but it's a, you have to walk a few minutes to actually get to the arena floor and you know, you just kind of stand there and and watch the fights. But when you're editing interviews and filming interviews and things like that, you you end up missing, you know, the live experience of of some fights. So, you know, this, the setup isn't, isn't as, you know, nice as a professional kind of sports arena, like the, like the three arena. But overall, I thought it was, it was really enjoyable. It was, it was kind of like reminding me of the old days, seeing all, you know, all the gyms there, all the, all the lads that you hadn't seen in a while and things like that. And, you know, even Ian Dean and the lads like that, Brad, um, all those guys. It's good to see them after. You know, you used, used to be going to MMA events constantly and the Cage Warriors would be here a few times a year and you see all these guys. And uh, it, it kind of, It's kind of nice to have a, show, uh, uh, like a big show outside of the three arena just for that kind of more kind of gritty Irish MMA, historic Irish MMA kind of atmosphere and things like that. And as I mentioned, having all the gyms there, having Rhino there and Team KF, even though, you know, it didn't go... Didn't go well, and I saw Chris Fields was was you know disappointed or upset or whatever, or not upset, but like you know, obviously, it it didn't go Team KF's way, but that's that's the way of the game. You know, it's a harsh game, but it, you know, it just gave me that feeling of of old school Irish MMA, and it was it was it was really good.
0: Yeah, the few people I was talking to were there. Everyone said the atmosphere was great and the event was great, but the. Uh, arena wasn't the best and I don't know I don't know well, obviously you were there covering so you weren't like sitting in the arena or whatever but the, that was the one kind of complaint they were like I wish this was the helix <laughs> type of thing so I don't know maybe maybe I wonder is there anywhere else in in Dublin that you could like put it on it's, the, it's there isn't that many places to put on events like that but I suppose when you are getting to like the I think uh, Graham byen told the lads in the triangle that it was but what did he say between two and three thousand or something like that maybe there is maybe maybe there are a few other places that you could open up and put on something like that, but yeah it was uh, there was no media row as well, is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, they just said oh, you can just kind of roam around whenever you want So I'm, I'm so glad I the wasn't voice.
0: there I would have lost that <laughs> <laughs> like, <fuck laughs> <shit>. like, that's <laughs> we've, bad we've,
1: we've been stuck in, in at the very start when we started covering for UFCs and stuff, we were stuck in the back media room and no access to actually I see did. the fights before, so uh, maybe my experience with that made it n- not so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the when I went to cover the USCs, I was the same. I'm like, oh, sit out the back there. I think they gave you were there that night. So I think they gave us tickets for like, oh, you can sit up in the crowd there. Like, the what?
1: Seats. Yeah, just they did mad. that after a while. But I, I think the first time we were literally just just in a in a room, like in a makeshift marquee room. I think it might have been, I can't remember where it was. They all blend into one. But it was a long time ago now, but that was like, you know, when you're going to the UFC to cover, you expect them to be there and then you're kind of in a back room waiting for yeah, both So was, uh, <laughs> you can understand. I suppose you could understand
0: idea. that with the UFC. Like, you know, there's probably a lot of people applying or whatever. But like, for cage there aren't that many people there. Like, set up one table, like, or two tables and you probably get everyone on it. Like, come on, you can... You can do that. Like that's that's you know, that's not great. And and people are probably saying, Oh, what are you talking about? You have the your job is there to go and interview the fighters. Well you have to kinda of watch the fights and see what's going on and like it's important, like, oh if, let's say Paul Hughes jumps out of the cage and, you know, jumps on top of his family or something like that. Like that's a question you want to ask. Like when Reese McKee jumped out of the cage and jumped on top of the family, like you you are jumped on top of the fans. You want to ask that question. If you're in the back and you just like watch the fight and go, Okay, here's the next interview, you don't see that sort of thing. Like some it is it is important and I think you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> Can you, you, know, so funny, you, you know. at home watching the fights probably got to see more of actually what happened in the fights than you know, media guy there covering it. Obviously, you're, you're at a Bellator, so you're we always running to do an interview and stuff, but it takes like, you know, five minutes and you're one minute away from your seat to, to go see the fights again. So with a few minutes walk to walk between the media room and the fights, it wasn't really viable to, to be out there the whole time and to, you know, you don't want to leave the fighters waiting around in the media room to, to interview, to be interviewed.
0: Yeah, and it, it like it was the same the last time for cage warriors as well in the tree arena. Although they did have a media, uh, role, like, I I definitely think that's something they could improve upon. And you know, like there aren't that many people, as I said, going to cover cage warriors and uh, uh like a bit sure, a bit of a combination. Yeah. Would
1: be good, you know, but yeah. Sure. Anyway, gives a shit about us yeah, yeah, media
0: we, anyway. <laughs> we Get to the fights. Uh, let's start with Paul Hughes because you know, he went in there, and it's just 2.47 here, I don't know, it didn't feel like 2.47 when I was watching it last night, it just felt like he went out there, and took care of business, like, I was, uh, I, I I, just switched over to back to the stream after, I don't know, I was at the rugby, or I was getting a cup of tea, or something, and he was just starting, I paused, I was like, okay, I'm gonna turn this on the TV, and I turned it on the TV, and I, by the time, so I was like maybe 30 seconds behind and I got a notification on my phone from someone on like Instagram saying, oh, what a left hook. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, maybe that guy killed me there for it as well. But what a finish from Paul Hughes. He went in there, upperweight class, against a guy who's a very good fighter. I see some people say, oh, he's a taxi driver. This guy is no good. He's a good fighter. He is a dangerous fighter. And Paul, it wasn't one of those ones where he just kind of goes in and he's like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do this game plan that puts me under no pressure or puts me in no peril or anything. And just he went in there and he waited for Q. Higgins to throw his big shots, countered him with a fucking left hook and knocked him out like Mark Goddard fell over it a little bit not again not a great night for Mark Goddard I thought I, 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 he gets weird when he gets to Cage wires and he almost ruined the finish here but he didn't thankfully and uh, a very nice finish very lovely beautiful magnificent left hook for Paul Hughes Graham what was it like being there watching live the crowd must have gone insane
1: yeah the crowd was really into it like it was it was it felt like special it felt like it was it was not just another fight you know it felt like this wasn't just another main event that this was something special that people were, were highly anticipating even more than you know a, a usual kind of irish guy in the main event i think a lot of people know uh, in the in the scene people who were actually going to you know local events and things like that, where the people the people there know how good paul is and you know how you know we've talked about it to death really how he should be in the ufc and all this stuff but, you know, taking nearly a year off for various reasons, all that stuff, coming back against a guy who's, I think I said he beat Paul, Phil Muppeter last week. I'm not sure if I misspoke there, but he, he had a back and forth where he actually lost to Phil Muppeter. That was his last loss at 170 back in 2018. You know, this guy's been on a tear, finishing everybody, you know, punches, flying knees, elbows, TKOs, ref stoppages in his in his last five. And against guys, good guys like Eric De Silva, uh dean or not dean mr <laughs> kieran mr you know these are these are these are no mugs so people saying oh you know once once a guy gets knocked out in the first round spectacularly you always get this stuff about oh he's no good we, we saw it over the years with loads loads of fighters the second you lose everybody thinks you're terrible and that's kind of a narrative people try to spread but that's not it like you know this guy's fought a welterweight this is a big guy paul's moving up to 155 after time out there's a lot of pressure on him after all the uc talk all that stuff he went in there. He looked so composed. His timing, his range, his speed. I think, I think he hit Jan at one stage, about forty-five seconds or a minute in, and it was so fast. I'm not even sure what he landed, but I think the, his face changed. He's sort of reaching more. He got a little bit more desperate, and once that happened, Paul just stayed composed, didn't didn't rush it, and you know the finish was absolutely spectacular and the reaction, and you know it just felt special. I think uh, it felt like not just a uh, a normal when It felt like this guy is is something special.
0: A hundred percent. Do you know what you said there about reaching in as well? I, I noticed that as well. And do you know what I thought when that started happening? I like, this is a kind of a test at 155. You might not have at 145, right? Where you have to be... And he wasn't necessarily the smaller man, but he was a little bit smaller, but you have to against the guy who's fighting longer and like and, and not longer in a good sense, right? Longer in like a, a, a reaching sense, which can be awkward, which can be difficult to pick apart and might take you know two or three minutes of adjustment to understand how to beat him that way, but Hughes just did it immediately. He was landing inside, I think it was one left hand to the body he kind of landed and then obviously, you know, the left hand that, that knocked him out, it was him getting in as Hugh Higgins was reaching and countering with that beautiful left and that finished him. It was, it was sublime. Really, like it was absolutely perfect from Paul Hughes. It, it showed exactly what he said. Like he, he said the interview with me he's like, oh, I asked him about going up to one uh, to, to one fifty five, and he's like, we'll see, we'll see if shred matters. We'll see if size matters when I'm pounding his face into the canvas on Saturday night. And you know what? With, with you know, all respect to, to Key Higgins as well. Like he, he did that. You know, he absolutely did. He delivered on, on what he promised and he delivered and moving up the weight class. You know, he was talking to us last night and I think KJ put out a thing, maybe that's what I saw as well, that he was saying he wants to, No, I, I think he told us that he wants to stay at 155. Um, yeah, Even if
1: the UC 145, he says he's kind of dead set on 55. I don't know. I don't know if that's, you know, if the UFC come at 145 and say, we'll give you this fight and we're only interested in you at 145, like, you know, it's, he said himself, it's all he wants is the UFC. So, you know, something we'll have to give there if 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 that is the case. And the UFC kind of do demand or do only offer him a 145 contract as they did with Connor. You know, Connor had, had moved up to 155 and had been saying that he didn't ever want to go back and the coat was too much. But, you know, when the UFC come and this is your big chance to, you know, make a splash and, make yourself, you know, popular and rich and stuff like that, it's, it's, someone's going to have to give and he's going to have to make a decision. But, you know, maybe the UFC will come along and say, okay, we'll give you 155, but time will tell, I suppose.
0: He never struck me, Paul, as like a massive guy at 145, but he's very meticulous, like in his preparations and like his, um... Uh, stat-keeping, I would say, and I'm sure he's kept the stats, the stats of all his weight, uh, you know, fluctuations, and not, not that they'd be very big, but you know what I mean, between camps, between fights and all of that, and I'm sure he's looked yeah. at it. And if
1: of, you are, you know, spending a lot of time in camp, worrying about the weight and cutting calories and not improving, you know, not working on things to, to make yourself better necessarily when as much as you sh- you could be if you weren't making the weight, but the other side of it is i suppose if you go into the ufc there's a lot of guys who are cutting a lot of weight and they're absolutely huge 155 ers that you're going to come up against uh, as you go, as you rise up the rankings which is obviously what he's planning on doing so you know maybe he can put on a bit of size himself but he said he wants to stay active and you know uh wants longevity and and you know these weight cuts that some guys are doing are brutal you know and as you get older as you're not you know have you done a few of them and things like that it'd it, it be you know i've heard a lot of guys say it becomes harder so it's a tough one, you know. He's he, he's nearly he'd nearly be perfect for a 150 division.
0: Yeah, there's two sides of it, though, isn't there? Because, like, let's be honest, the vast majority of people are cutting a lot of weight. Because it gives him the advantage of being maybe a more powerful or a bigger guy to wait down, or not even gives him the advantage; it just puts him on an even keel with everyone else who's doing the same thing. But then the second side of that is you have a guy say like Dustin Poirier who's killing himself to get down to one forty-five, and when he comes up, the tra- the power translates up, and he looks way better at one fifty-five. And you know, he-
1: and the chin was much better as way well. Way when you're putting yeah. so much weight, you, like. Uh, maybe people who haven't been around these weight cuts or just here are casual fans of this here or they cut weight, they don't realize how, how like, dangerous some of these weight cuts can be and how dry these guys get. And, you know, you can feel static off their bodies and they 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 can't they have to stand up in like eight-part processes or they'll get so lightheaded and pass out. You know, this, isn't, this is no joke, you know, these weight cuts. It's just a thing we assume, you know, everybody makes weight, everybody cuts weight, everybody makes weight. But behind the scenes, every week at these shows, I'm sure there's like traumatic events going on in these weight cuts and maybe we don't talk about it enough because it's just a a thing that always goes on but yeah you know cutting weight isn't easy and maybe Paul Hughes isn't cutting as much as as some other people but it's definitely taking a toll on your body you know it's there's no doubt about it in my mind
0: Yeah and like the best case scenario is that people like Paul move up and it works out for them so like to to talk about someone like Dustin Barrier or Gunny Nelson or others like that who have being able to have a very good career up and way. Like, I don't think Paria would have had a better career if he kept cutting to 145. As you said, the chin was an issue. Like, and for Paul maybe I don't the chin was never an issue for Paul or anything like that but maybe as you said the the acquisition of skills myself and Harry have talked about it many times on Speaker's Corner like to acquire skills it's a lot more uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's a lot more difficult than when you have to do maybe an extra session or two sessions and your energy is low
1: because you're not taking in as many calories and you know you're easier to get like a flu or a cold or running just to be run down basically because you're not taking in as many calories and things like this (sighs) You know, it, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, there's, there's, you know, just guys cutting, cutting insane amount of weight, and some guys can, you know, do it easier than others. Some guys, like you know, in the past, Anthony Rumble Johnson making 170 is just absolutely ridiculous an, yeah. insane. You know, if he had to kept doing that for extended period, you know, he died early. Maybe you know, I don't know if it was a link to doing stuff like that, but.
0: Yeah, no, that, uh, that doesn't help just normally, anyway, though. But, like, because, like, then even I, I, I was listening to someone talking about it before, and I think they use him as the example, but there was, there was some, someone else as well who uses that as, as an example, right? So they cut, and maybe it was Johnny Hendricks or someone like that. The cuts down to say, and let's use Rumble as the example because he's the most obvious one. The cut down to 170 was really, really bad in him. That when he used to cut, let's say, even to make 205, if you cut 10 or 15 pounds, it actually hurt him more just because like the process of cutting water out of your body is something that has affected you so badly in the past that when you do it again it affects you worse than other people even though he's uh, cutting down f- you know to a to, uh, 35 by an hour higher weight class it's like weight cutting can affect you in so many different ways and so many bad ways we don't even fucking understand it so definitely we're definitely not advocating for anyone cutting more weight in fact if the opposite was possible great but back to Paul Hughes Graham It has to be the UFC next. Like, it just has to be after that.
1: (laughs) People are going to be saying, like, these guys just say the same thing over and over again. But, you know, the criticisms kind of were, oh, he hasn't fought in a long time, even though it wasn't crazy long. 11 months. He hasn't hasn't finished, even though he's been in there in, like, absolute, like, amazing fights with the best, you know, Europe has to offer in in historic, like, to-be-remembered fights. So now he goes in there. He KOs the guy looks absolutely spectacular. You know, pretty much flawless performance. Um, I don't know what's the what's the what's the narrative against him going to the UFC now? Uh, have we seen any of that on on social media? I'm, I'm not sure. But
0: uh, the only thing. know, I think I all the
1: questions that were being kind of thrown out there seem to to me to be answered again and. Yeah, surely, surely he'd be in the UFC next.
0: Yeah, the only thing I've seen is like, oh, he's only beaten Guy's cage or his quality. But like he beat Mar- <laughs> how do you get to the <laughs> he, he beat Morgan Chapa, who's in the UFC he beat uh, Q Higgins last night knocked him Spark out who's a very very good fighter and he beat Jordan Vucinic who's like I don't think anyone could say he isn't one of the top guys in Europe at the moment like he's he's not just beating guys like in Cagers or in you know in Brave or in wherever it might be he's been the best of the best in that organisation in their best division like there's no, I don't think there's any shred of a doubt about that like and you could say that, right? Let's say it's Paul Hughes, it's any fighter. Let's say Vucinich had done it. Let's say the Shapa had done it. There's no guarantee they're going to the UFC and going to beat everyone. Like, okay, fair enough. But when they beat everyone who is really good in their area, what's next for them? They have to make that move. Like, but when they like,
1: look for, if they were, okay, if they're beating them by, you know, 29, 28 boring decisions, uh, laying on t- like some kind of boring wrestler who doesn't go for submissions, position over submission, and, you know, it's not exciting. Then okay, okay, but like these yeah. decisions aren't aren't that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if you watch those decisions against these high level guys that Paul Hughes has been in there with, they're exciting fights. You know, you, you can see how good Paul Hughes is in these fights. You know. Uh,
0: <sighs> Google Jordan Vucinic's face after you
1: know, the last one. You know, when, when certain other guys were coming through when they were finishing guys in the first round, it's like, oh, well, like, you know, he's fighting all these bombs, and if, if he goes in there against somebody who can, yes. you know, make him go along, can he go uh, People are always going to find reasons to, to question you until you're, even if you are a UFC champion, they're going to be questioning you, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's never going to end, but uh, surely, you know, Sean Shelby, you know, he knows about Paul Hughes. He knows who he is. He knows, you know... He's surely seen this already. I'd be, uh, i I'd, I'm already shocked that Paul Hughes is in the UFC. But I'd be, I'd be even more <laughs> shocked if if he doesn't if his next fight isn't in the UFC. And if his next fight isn't in the UFC, it's got to be the title fight a uh, one one five five in Cage Warriors. But I don't, I don't think he should have to do that. I think, I think you know, I think it's pretty clear to everybody who's who's a hardcore MMA fan has been watching Paul Hughes, you know, uh, uh, composer uh, tweeted something like oh my god you know stop this he needs to be in the UFC immediately you know this this, this has to yeah, I can't Luke remember the exact phrase but like you know people no. who are in the know and people who watch a lot of fights people who yeah. see you know all the prospects coming through are really excited about this guy and can't believe he's not in the UFC so I don't know what's going on really uh, uh, surely surely
0: like we talk an awful lot About Irish fighters coming through and that they, you know, they should get a chance or they should get a shot in the UFC and stuff like that, and you know, I don't know. Do we actually do it that
1: much? I don't know
0: if we do. No, we we do it with the people who deserve it, right? But. And, like, let's say, people, say someone like Kiefer. I think he'd earned a shot in the UFC. I think, you know, say Danny McCormick or someone like that earned oh, a shot in the I, UFC. I don't think we were on but, the
1: podcast before Kiefer got signed being like, Kiefer Crosby needs to sign for the UFC. I you don't know, know, like, he, like, We're doing be tough, Hughes, you know, No, we're, but we're, that, we're that's what I'm Paul saying.
0: Hughes. Hold on. I'm, I just want to make the distinction there, right? So we say someone like a james Sheen, we think in a couple more fights that guy could go to the ufc right and we, we say that a lot and that, like people maybe mistake that for saying we think these people can be ufc champions i like there's 600 people in the ufc like you know people like that on now the distinction here for paul hughes after that jordan vucinic fight he not he went in my mind and i'll say this straight out he went in my mind from a guy who before that I was like, he'll definitely get to the UFC to a guy who I think could be a contender in the UFC. And now to a guy who I think could be... A top contender in the UFC. That's how much Paul Hughes for me has changed in the last two fights. This isn't about a guy who's getting signed for the UFC because, oh, he he won a few fights and he deserves it. Or like, you know, and, and, I, and I don't mean that glibly as the, my, my tone of voice should have said there. The, you know, people like Kiefer and people like, you know, people like Danny, they deserve their shot and let's see where it goes. Whereas Paul Hughes, it's not, it's kind of not like, let's see where it goes. It's like, he it will go. To a certain level, I feel. Like, even if Paul was to go in and let's say, you know, he loses one of his first couple of fights or something like that, I feel like there is a 5-5 win streak in the UFC in Paul Hughes. I feel like there's a rise up the ranks in Paul Hughes. I really believe that. I firmly believe it. Like, I, I think if Paul, let's say he went to Bellator in the morning, I think Paul would be fighting for the title within two or three fights. That's how good I think Paul Hughes is. Like, those, you cannot ignore what he did to Jordan Vucinic, if you know how good Jordan Vucinic is. You cannot ignore that knockout. And okay, we're talking about 155 now, as opposed to 145, so maybe it's a little bit different. We'll have to see an adjustment to that. But Paul Hughes' level is top Top level. He is a top top level prospect. Now it doesn't always work out for top level prospects in any sport. We all know it, Graham. Listen, you know, watching. I'm sure you thought fucking cinema Pongal was going to be top level, or <laughs> something. It doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. But and, sometimes and have, like, like, and,
1: and cinema Pongol, the double signing. <laughs> <isn't
0: he? laughs> yeah, but sometimes or like sometimes it is the, your Mbappe, or it is your Cristiano Ronaldo, or it is your your Messi, or it is your whoever it might be. Sometimes it, also it depends is that. on
1: it, it, like you know. Uh, it depends on a lot of things like injuries and you know yeah. uh the matchups you get uh, um you know style matchups and things like that and also you know sometimes like for example ian gary got cracked in was it his first or second ufc fight he got cracked hard on another day maybe he could have been finished and everybody was like oh a load of bullshit this guy's crap yes but like it's it's not the, it's mma you know it's so there's so many weapons that you can get hit with and sometimes you know you might have a bad day at the officer. you might have something going on, a flu, an injury or, you know, a, a change, a late change of opponent or there, there's so many things going on that like, we always say, it, but people are too quick to write off these guys. And I think Paul Hughes is going to, when he started for the UFC is going to do very well, but even if he was to go in there and lose one of his first couple, you know, people would probably jump on the, on, oh, we, why were these guys calling for him to be in the UFC? What was all the hype about? But we've seen so many guys over the years come in and settle into the UFC and, you know, maybe not look, you know, how long was Rafael De Sanios kind of up and down in the UFC before he became champion and Max Holloway. Oliveira. And, yeah, loads of these guys. So, like, I expect Paul to go in and, you know, he, he's so composed and he, he's he, his understanding of, of, you know, range and timing and all that is, is so good. I, I see him going in there and doing really well and winning. But, you know, uh if it's at one fifty five and they they give you the like, really difficult matchup straight straight off, like it could go a different way. But like you know, Caine locking Lockering did an interview with us, and he you know how much this this kind of loss that he picked up in his UC debut has kind of changed him for the positive and his mentality. And you know, he sees it as you know this is going to stand to me and that's how it works in mma it's not like other like other combat or like boxing where it's kind of all over for you because you lost against a guy you should have beat or you were you were set up to beat so yeah uh basically you know this is a phenomenal phenomenal time for irish mma like ian gary i mentioned connor coming back paul hughes surely being in the UFC now Kiefer you know, Reese. like Okay, people will talk about oh another loss for Irish MMA every time somebody loses. But like, <laughs> this is MMA. You know, you're going to win. You're going to lose. And you know, uh, we're allowed. We're allowed, kind of, as Irish MMA fans, as they think, be excited about these guys going to the UFC. And just because, just because, you know, uh, maybe you know, for example, three or four guys could lose in a debut in in a row people think oh rsma oh, is dead but if you actually look at what's going on and not just be this kind of knee-jerk reactor online you'll see that you know we got we got we got like a you know a second generation of phenomenal fighters coming through with ian gary and probably paul hughes leading the way and if you had to, if you had said that to most rsma fans or any of us a, a few years ago you know we would have said that was very unlikely so rsma is in a phenomenal place really like hopefully course sticks around for for events and things like that but even if it doesn't you know Irish MA is in such a strong place that I, I expect you know I expect these guys coming come behind over time to develop and become really successful and you know maybe not everybody's going to be a world champion or a double world champion but that's like that. it obviously, that's the thing is, obviously,
0: like, Ireland before had like five people getting to the UFC, right? And then a few of them retired. You know, obviously Conor Winton did what he did and Ashton Daly got ranked, I think, and Neil Seary was ranked at one stage and Paddy Hoolan wasn't too far away from it. And then it kind of faded away because, like, it was the early days. But that bred what we have today. And what we have today is, like, we, like we could have 10 fighters in the UFC, Right all, say, at different levels and all different, maybe, prospects in the UFC. That's a healthy fucking scene. The people, like... N- it's mad, like, uh, unless you become a fucking double champion in the UFC, oh, Irish MMA shit, they shouldn't, they shouldn't bring the UFC back to the 3 Arena, gram. That's what people were saying that, uh, two weeks ago. Fucking absolute idiots. Like, like, yeah, I, I see
1: the stuff, like, negative stuff online about Irish MMA constantly. I don't know what it is. It, it, is it an Irish thing? Like, the Irish public seem to... Like when their most of, well, like their one of their best ever sports teams lose in a, in a in a quarterfinal of the World Cup and butlers they seem to you know they seem to like you know a lot of people took Lee and Connor's losses and a lot of people were you know, uh, Ian Gary, what's all the hype about because he got clipped in one of his fights you know what I mean, people are just so negative I don't know, I don't know what yeah, I think
0: there's I think there's a thing as well, like on MMA online, like the Irish people uh, a certain, you know not the Irish people, but like Irish media, when they decide to cover it when they have a slow news week or something, it's always going to be negative, the, uh, the Irish fans are generally very good, like the Irish like even like said, like the off the ball and they, they always take snipes at MMA and all this bullshit, but I think there is, like, uh, an online meme about Irish MMA from MMA fans. Like, oh, another another Irish MMA loss or something like that. And it's just because Conor came through and everyone, you know, he was like, we're here to take part, not here to take over, or whatever. The other way around. We're here to take over, not here to take part. Anyway. uh you know that they're like, oh well, where where's the takeover? Where's it even though like we've now a guy who's ranked like seventh in the world. <laughs> We're down this tiny little country who has about fucking six MMA gyms who uh, like who have produced top level fighters and no more coming up, but.
1: Yeah. and the there's boy, another special crazy. night in our show in May and people's reaction is oh the guy he knocked out is a bum yeah it's, like, it's just oh, man what it is
0: it's it's wrong with people we spend too much time with this let's move on because there's a lot of shit look Paul Hughes sign him up he needs to be in the UFC that's that he's a top top prospect one of the top prospects in the world like there's no, like, no you, you, you out could go to
1: three three or four UFC uh, events in a row and not see uh, uh, atmosphere and experience like that uh, performance like that you know uh, these days like you know these apex shows and stuff like this guy is is exciting people you know this guy is is going out there and making people i mentioned composer again because he's such a good reference a guy who watches everything you know he watches kickboxing in in you know the middle of nowhere he'll be if there's an mma event or any kind of combat event on he'll be watching it and when when you can you know get guys like this excited about you you know, it's for a reason. And, you know, I just don't, I I know we've been saying this over and over again, but I, I just don't understand what the reasoning is but behind him not being in the UFC. But now, you know, hopefully that's all put to bed. We can stop talking about it once they hopefully announce in the next few weeks that that he has signed for the UFC. And like,
0: they, they knew one about him. Like he told me in that interview that they offered him a fight and he was injured and then they offered another fight and it was a visa issue. So like,
1: yeah. And uh, I've i talked to Sean Shelby before. He's watching all sorts of fights as well. You know, he's a he's a hardcore MMA fan, yeah. Sean Shelby. You know what I mean? He's he knows exactly who. Like if you're winning, like you're winning against guys. Paul Hughes is winning against like Sean Shelby knows exactly who you are. That's why it's so. Yeah confusing <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, like back in the day maybe 12 years ago when there's no videos online and events weren't streamed and it was like basically you just got the results on SureDog or whatever okay fair enough you don't know how good these guys are but nowadays this is no excuse
0: 100 percent. right let's move on uh the comment event was mason jones and yan and uh, lias we suppose don't need to spend too much time on that mason jones uh, I, I would say it was a workman-like dominant performance and something that at this stage of Mason's career, 15 fights into trying to get back to the UFC, getting a good you know nine and a half minutes or whatever in there against a guy like Ian Lias, who's a very good fighter, I think that'll send him. So a very good win for Mason Jones. has got the finish as well, which is big. So I think the plan that he has kind of put in place to get back to the UFC to improve his game is is in full force and is working and it's great to see um Team KF Graham not not an amazing night for, for Team KF. I suppose there are two guys on verge of, of a, a title shot ball loss. Great win for for Taka Mandu, Who I actually thought uh, Pirev was a, a tricky guy. having watched him coming in there, but Taka did a great job uh, of winning that fight. But for Leon Hill and Ryan Shelley, it was it was a tough night. I thought watching at home now, Graham, maybe you have a different thing. But I thought you you and Davis kind of just took Leon Hill to a place where a guy, you know, six fights into his career is rarely taken and Leon Hill wasn't able to get out of it. But it was one of those fights where I think... Leon Hill will improve from this. That's big learning,
1: big learning fight. Big yeah, learning fight. Yeah. That's the
0: start of the fight you need, where someone comes straight out across the cage and fucking pushes you back. Doesn't give you a second. You know, you think you, you think it's finished. You think you kind of got out of it. And next thing, he kind of falls in his back and puts you in a an armbar and finishes you like that. That's the, that's the start of the fight that will stand you. And then Ryan Shelley on the other side of it. Like Ryan looked a bit off to me. Back as did you know, grapple more, I suppose, than he has been recently, although we all know, you know, he's a judo guy and all. Very unfortunate what happened in the end. Like, well, you can't say unfortunate, maybe unlucky more than unfortunate. Well, um, unfortunate as well, but like Ryan was, there was kind of a, uh, like a head and arm toss and he smashed his head off the ground and uh, didn't got put in the arm triangle I, I I really think it was the head hitting the ground that was a massive part of that now we haven't like confirmed that or anything we haven't like this, you know spoke to Chris Fields or Ryan Shelley or anything like that but that's what it looked like to me um, overall Graham from Team KF they have really been leading the way for um, uh, for the, the 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 dubs I suppose along with um, uh, along with uh, Team Rhino and Cage Warriors over the last while but it was a very tough night for them for their I suppose their two big hopes for for title shots
1: yeah it, you know this is MMA though like, you know you're going to have the, the these losing experiences like uh, like you you just explained there are going to stand here. like I mentioned Caelan Lachlan earlier like we've seen it so many times like you know, the, the secret ingredient to success is defeat. And, you know, it's hard to take, but I think it it toughens you mentally. If you do come through, it it improves you as a fighter. If you, if you you know, have the correct attitude and go back and fix these things. And I'm sure he, these guys, are Team KF will. And, you know, um, obviously it's a disappointing night. You know, obviously Taka had a great performance in one and that shouldn't be overlooked as well because, you know, he's had a... Had a, a strong kind of comeback from a couple of bits of adversity early on in his career, and he's uh, he looked very good against a difficult guy, as you said, an experienced guy uh, compared to him. So you know that it wasn't all bad, but you know as you said, the kind of the two guys who were kind of closest to the top of the divisions not getting their not not getting their um, their winning their title shot, but you know they if, if they probably weren't ready for for that. If if this happened, they probably needed to close a few things in their game, and when they do you know, uh, kind of climb back and get there, they'll be more ready than they were before.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and both of them, I think they're, they're uh, similar they're similar in a way in that I think they do both need time like uh, as you said lads like this shouldn't be written off or anything like I think both are are talented guys for Ryan to me Ryan
1: Shelley made his pro debut like two years ago in 2021 two and
0: a half years ago 100% like it it just feels like maybe he needs a little bit of time off you know maybe like there's two months now until Christmas maybe it's the type of thing like and and time off like thinking about fights obviously like being in the gym and being proven and everything like that but maybe I think for a guy like that, maybe better off like not even thinking about organizing a fight until January. Like first of January comes up, then you know, then we'll do it. So, yeah, something like that, you know. I, I, it just I, and maybe I'm wrong, but that is, that's what it feels to me. For Leon Hill, as I said, what you knew, it, it was that test that you need. It was I thought it was a little bit different, but it's it's where you go right it, to to be a top fighter. You need to face that. Say like Ryan, you need to face a thing where like, oh, I was 6 and oh, I was going for the title and I lost 2. That's the sort of adversity that if you come back from it, it'll make you so strong that you'll be, you'll be very, very, very hard to beat. For Leon Hill, it's the type of thing like you look at it and go, oh, right, this is something that I'm going to face again. Like I'm going to face someone who comes across the cage at me if I get to a top level who's just going to be relentless and non-stop. Like we know that's going to happen to you again. Now you've met someone like that, you failed, and you have to fucking prepare to beat that the next time. And the next time you meet a guy, let's say you do beat it, then that's going to give you such fucking heart. That's going to give you such confidence for the next time it happens, knowing that you can deal with, knowing you overcome that. So you Know and, and maybe you don't like, and not this is not for those, lads, but this is for any fighter. Maybe that doesn't happen, you know. And we've seen that before as well. But that's those are the tests you need to, to become a top level fighter. And, yeah. um,
1: and you know, Leon Hills in the last what 15, 14, 15 months, he's fought seven times. You know, he made his pro debut, lost that, and then didn't fight for a couple of years. Came back in, in what was it, July, end of July 2022. Has fought seven times, six wins in a row. Do you think maybe it's so a much, little, like a I, little I, bit I, of time to, you know, improve in the gym yeah. instead of, you know, we talk about weight cuts and preparing for fights and you know, worrying about what other guys are going to do and preparing against a certain style. Maybe, you know, a bit of a rest, a bit of time to work on some of the things as we talked about there that uh Davies was able to do to him. Um maybe that'll, you know, be another another factor in coming back a stronger fighter.
0: Yeah, I, like I've been an advocate. For younger fighters, fighting a lot and fighting regularly, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to roll that back a little bit. I think maybe it's, it's
1: it, also easy to look at things and find reasons why. After you know, is, if he had yeah. a one, we would have been like, oh, he's he's staying ready, consistent. He's he's on a tear, the momentum. You know, you can kind of it's hard it's hard to know, but I'd say I'd guess that a bit of time out of the out of the cage and worrying about weight cuts and preparing for opponents and things like that. You know, it, it surely will stand to. Him.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, James Sheehan then, you know, I, I thought the James Sheehan test against uh Ali Santahali, whose name I can't pronounce right, was probably the toughest test of any of the Irish guys on this card. I went back and I watched a good bit of Ali, and this guy is a real legit, very good fighter. Experienced as well. Last night was his 19th fight, as opposed to James', James 10th. And James, like, really, like, he stood up and he showed improvements and he showed his ability. Like, James Sheehan, to me, is... I think he
1: got off a bit of an awkward start. Yeah. He kind of, yeah. Like, you know, and if he, if his head, if his head, mind wasn't as strong as it was or if he hadn't kind of had experiences against really tough guys that he's had before and been in these positions before, maybe it could have all slipped away from him, you know, under under pressure against a good, experienced guy. But, you know, he, he just he took over the fight completely in the, in the second and third round. And uh, I took the decision was, was I didn't see anybody complaining about the de- decision and uh, like halfway through, or at the, even at the end of the first round, you know, that, that looked a bit of a task. So yeah, overcoming adversity against, you know, experienced guys, these are fights that will also stand to, you, you know, um, if he had' beaten open Elliott he would have probably been into it into a title shot and maybe it would have been a little bit too quick but maybe this extra couple of fights when he if he if he is to win them and, and keep improving like he is then he he'll, he'll be more ready for the time when a top contender or a, a title shot does arise
0: yeah that's very true and like I, I think I was going to make the point like, even like the the Ireland All Blacks game yesterday. Sometimes you just expect it, like oh you'll walk in there and you'll win. But like when there's a t- a talent across from you as well, it's not always easy. And uh, you know, as you mentioned, as you described well, there that's ex- exactly what James saw. But I'm sure he knew that, and Team Rhino knew that as well. Like they're not going in there expecting a cakewalk against a guy as talented as as Ollie. But in the end, like James took over, and like he just he to me he looks and, and Jer Harris looks like this is so just very athletic and very good like uh, and uh, guys like that I think in Team Rhino where it's you know the the kind of uh, I suppose that the hard road the guy where, you know or Andy's gonna put you through it, or Neil Seary's gonna put you through it, that, that's good for guys who have very, uh, you know, a very good athletic gift as well. That Like they need that sort of training, I suppose, to 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 battle harden them for fights like this. And I thought James looked really good, and I thought Jer Harris looked phenomenal enough. I like Ryan Hewitt again is another guy. He's he's one and two now, but uh, go back and watch some of his fights and he's even the amateur fights and things like that. This guy's a very very good fighter, and Jer Harris
1: even even in like the fight, good. even though he was getting destroyed by by Jer most of the most of the time on the feed he did stick in there really well I have a couple of the on, he's a yeah. tough guy like you know there's a i was watching the uh, in the arena and people were really into the fight people were jumping up i probably missed a few things due to that and things like that but there was a there was a couple of times where you know ryan hewitt nearly turned the fight and you know he's definitely he's definitely a dangerous guy and as you said one and two on the record may look like that was a layup but it was a really good performance from Jerry. he's he's exciting He he he, he like he throws a Great volume of of strikes. Maybe, maybe you know when he has a guy hurt, maybe a bit more composure. But that that will come, you know that that'll come a bit more defense, a bit more careful. You know, you you don't want to be getting caught with shots uh, like that as as you go up the the kind of standings and the the quality of opponents. But you know it's a perfect kind of test and win and fifteen minutes in there, and you know you dominate it, but you also have you know little kind of defensive things maybe to cl- to work on and things like that. So. Uh, for like the the fifth was it his fifth fight four and one yeah that's yeah I think it. so you know it's 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 a really good test that he came through with flying colours really
0: he looked to me just a way more technical and it's crazy like even from his last couple of fights and you know I know he's been working a lot with, with Neil Siri. and he was out there interviewing him during the week I wonder like he looked a bit like Neil Siri, you know throwing that jab out there and throwing the straights I thought he looked Really good, like, and you know, my, my guy Padraig foreign I think he used to work with Jura, and I've known about Jura since he was a, an amateur. I think I saw, I was at like his maybe his first or second amateur fight uh down. I think it was the one down in. Cork. I think it was the one down in Cork, yeah. And like, I, I've I've watched him closely since then because Padraig knew and got this guy. has got he's gonna be a very good fighter, and do you know what? He's dead fucking right. Like he's this is, you know, we talk about people coming through and we go, okay, who's going to be the next guy maybe to, to rise and maybe get a title shot and maybe get to the UFC. Jer Harris is one that stands out for me. Like, he really yeah. is. He looks so good and he has it all. Like, he really is. Yeah,
1: does. and he, he, you know, he, he did an interview with Andy. He's in Team Rhino now and he kind of, he didn't say anything bad about, uh, you know, uh, SBG, Charles, Roddy. he just said that he, you know, he'd been there a long time and maybe needed a fresh look and Felt like he was more comfortable. It was more his kind of vibe uh, in Team Rhino, and you know, it looks like it's it's going to pay off. And, you know, we'll obviously be- <laughs> <that>. <laughs> and obviously, being there a bit longer, you know, uh, will obviously will obviously help. You know, it's early in his pro career. Obviously, he's he's an exciting fighter we, that we've been talking about since since amateur. Um, you know. Uh, I I I think at, at the moment he could step up against a, a much higher quality guy, but I don't think it's I don't think it's worth the risk. I think bring him along like like he has been, keep kind of stepping him up slowly, uh, let him let him kind of build excitement in terms of fans and you know highlight reel and um minutes in the cage, comfortableness. Even though he already looks extremely comfortable and composed in the cage, you know all of this will will uh will develop him, and when he does take the step up. He, he'll more likely to be ready and more time, you know, working with Siri, as you mentioned, Redzer, Andy Ryan, all the lads of Team Rhino, you know, sometimes you hear fighters talking about, oh, they've been in the gym for a long time and they kind of, they want to get fresh looks. They want to go either to like, you know, America, to a gym or Brazil or or even another gym in their, in their country and things like that. And, uh, you know, you work with different coaches, you, you get different looks and different bodies and maybe guys are guys you're in the gym with for 10 years are doing the you kind of know exactly what their specialities are and how to avoid them and uh, things like that so you know that's the kind of that's the kind of reason that he went with and from the from the performance it looks like it's it's going to pay off and obviously only time will tell but you know he seems to be a kind of similar character to a lot of the guys in, in Rhino as well so he does seem like the perfect fit in my opinion
0: One hundred percent. There's no no doubt about that. Looking forward to seeing the chair's next one. Um, I was very impressed with the way Paddy Macari got it done. Like I think Samir Caddy is a real top prospect. He's again a very good athlete, big and strong, and he was dominating that fight for large periods of it. And. Paddy just... He just refused to go away. Like, even when he was, say, getting dominated when he was on, you know, on his back or, or whatever it was, he was in the fight the whole time, I thought. Like, he was trying to fight and trying to fight and trying to fight. And, it like, it... T- that's very easy to kind of give up on it's very easy to go oh well it's not going to work for me everything I try is kind of not working or whatever but he didn't and he you know he got a mom's kind of submission before and then he got in the guillotine in the end a very very good win for him like I was picking caddy coming in here There's no doubt about it but myself and Ian were talking about this in the preview gram we were like uh, Graham was like I think Paddy McCarthy will be a champion at 185 I was like I think Caddy will be a champion at 185 and I I still think both of those things could happen to be honest I think both are like phenomenally talented and this is about as good a middleweight fight as you'll get at this stage of people's careers you know only 5 and 6 fights into their career and I, I, I'll make a prediction here I think they'll rematch in Cage Warriors down the line I think it will be for the title in in maybe only two or three fights I think these guys will beat everyone else and they'll have to fight each other again Uh and I really look forward to that what, what did you think of that Graham Paddy he's yeah. a guy under the radar came up and he's doing well now isn't
1: he yeah yeah you know I think, I think you're right both guys look uh, you know a lot better than most guys would this early in their career and you know i was even after he'd kind of gone for the guillotine joke a few times and he went for it again i was like oh if you didn't get it the first couple of times you're probably not going to get it now but in fairness to him you know he got it and uh you know a bit of a come from behind win against against a guy who you know you said as you said looks to be real talent himself as well and both guys will go back and have things to work on in this fight and improve them. and you know, this is a this is a huge win for, for Paddy McCrory. It really is.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Sean Clancy Jr. got a, a pretty quick rear naked choke as well. I know Quilcher was talking to him up. He thinks uh, he's a very, yeah. very, very good prospect. What, what Dylan you
1: came up to me and was really talking this guy up before and after. And, you know, he really delivered. He looks, he looks like a real athlete. He looks extremely, extremely strong. And he's going to be a big problem for for. A lot of one seven years.
0: Yeah, that that gym is doing really well. Like one they had one of the lads over in uh, Bellator as well a couple of weeks ago. Obviously Dylan as well. And they're you know they're, they've always been a good gym, but uh, again producing more guys. Nick Bagley as well. They got the win went to four and one against Michael Quinn. Got it done pretty quickly in the in the second round. Got to finish there and then Solomon Simon. I thought Solomon looked really good. Another guy who uh, I was at one of his early amateur fights and I always thought he was a prospect. But it's very interesting to see. I thought Solomon and Jer Harris were the two that stood out in terms of the improvements that they have made from amateurs to the early days of pros pros, still the early days of the pros, but, you know, getting a little bit more experience. I thought with Solomon Graham I don't know if you agree he just looked a little bit more comfortable than ever before like when he was stopping those early takedowns when he was you know um, sprawling and brawling kind of thing it just looked natural like it looked good yeah. and I pfft.
1: think he looked really relaxed yeah. and maybe sometimes in at amateur over the years you, you wouldn't have said that in certain situations but he was very composed and relaxed and you know, confident and yeah, he, he he looked really good everywhere. He looked to be chaining together all the different martial arts really well the they kind of in between moments. He it was a it was a really really good performance and you know, obviously uh he's only turned pro recently at the start of the year. You know, there's there's a long way to go, but if he keeps improving the way he, he has been recently, you know, there's a lot to get excited about.
0: 100%. All in all, Graham, I I would say a very good night for Irish M You know, a very good night for the new pros in Irish MMA, the guys who are maybe four or five fights away from a cage wearer's title fight. And that's a great sign. You know, that's a really, really, really good sign that it's not just, you know, the the Paul Hughes, the James Sheehan's, the the Ryan Shelley's type of level that we have coming through, or the people, you know, the people on the verge of a uh, a cage warrior shot or the people on the verge of a UFC shot. It's the people who've just come into Cagewearers, who are fighting to get there. We have that level as well. And I'm sure that, you know, the amateurs are fighting to get into the pro levels and the guys who are just pros are fighting to get into Cagewearers. There is, there is a chain now. Of Irish MMA fighters on the way up, and it's absolutely brilliant to see. So I think that personified it again last night, and it was uh, it was fantastic, and and it's great. Look, it's great to see MMA events in Ireland, but uh, when we see the talent levels that were on that last night, it's uh, it's absolutely fantastic, absolutely crazy to see. It's a fair play to uh, to all involved. Um, Any final words on it, Graham? Yeah, just as I kind of
1: said at the start, it's just it was it was great to have that kind of. You know, old school multi gym event. You know, obviously it'd be nice to have cage warriors and SBG uh, make up and have it like it was in the old days. But maybe you know, that, maybe that will happen at some stage. Maybe I, think, it won't, we, I
0: think we need to kind of move past that now. Like I remember asking John Cavanagh that question and Graham buying that question like fucking five years ago. Like I asked each- like there's, uh, I think asking that question, I was. Just for these for SPG trainers.
1: fighters, like maybe some of them would like to take the cage would, But right? it's, we
0: know and it's not going to happen. Like we we know yeah. the reasons is not. Like it's, I don't know. I don't know. Is there any point even talking about that anymore? Like it's, it's just one of those things. It's just not going to happen. You know. So
1: yeah, well, it's unfortunate. strange things to happen in MMA, but yeah, right. I I agree with you. It's, it's pretty unlikely.
0: Yeah. Right. The USC last night. Um. A great main event between Edson Barboza and Sadiq Youssef. Uh, where I, my bet for it was the over two and a half rounds. And after about 20 seconds, I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> that bet is gone. But no, Edson Barboza stuck in there. And on the judges' cards, he won, he won rounds two, three, four and five, uh, which was unbelievably consistent judging considering... Uh, Three of those rounds, I think. To me, I have it in my notes here. Just one second. Uh, so the first round was a 10-8 two, two
1: and four were close, and the others were two and were four, five,
0: five was close as well. Who'd you think? Who oh, I thought, Edson, I five. thought, Edson took that yeah, I, I mm, yeah, I so I scored a 10-8 in the first round for Yusuf. Uh, I scored it, uh, close for Edson in the second. Uh, I thought it was a 10-8 in the third as well. I thought he hurt him. I, badly I was, I was,
1: yeah, I was teetering on 10 9 10 8 I think if it had landed a little bit more flush if he hadn't kind of slipped and if he had of landed like one or two better follow ups uh, I think it was it would have definitely been a 10 8 then I think it was one of these ones that's on the verge and when you've pro- when you've already given a 10 8 in the first round are you actually expected there to be at least you know one judge giving it a 10 8 in the third round just out of like
0: although the, the first guessing. round was a way more uh, like the, yeah. that was way I think more I when, when like
1: sorry. a spectacular kick like that lands usually even if it isn't as big as like a, a crisp right hand or a crisp left hand or whatever the, the spectacularness of it and the fact that the guy fell over after like a spectacular kick it kind of usually would would Kind of favour more more points. I think what points, Barboza
0: did is all well, like kind of fall on him and going for jujitsu, which never works. That, oh, yeah. that was an oh. issue. If, if, if he hadn't done that, I think it probably definitely would have been ten. But I thought it was enough anyway. But that was borderline. Um, I, I'm
1: glad that it didn't turn into a. Was it wasn't a 10 8 or a 10 9? And that was the way the decision was going to be disputed. So I'm glad that didn't happen. Either. Yeah,
0: the, I thought the four rounds was very close. Everyone was saying it was Barboza. I, I, I Yusuf did well in it. It was a close one. And yeah, again, the fifth close, but I, I did lean Barboza like you. Uh, I had Barboza winning, maybe not, you know, I, I had a 3 2 Barboza with two 10 So basically, 3 2 still. Uh, the judges had it 4 1. So you know, very good, consistent judging. There, one judge didn't have the first ten eight. I think it was Chris Lee, which is not great. But like, I I think that's a funny one because people criticize Chris Lee for that, but who you should be really criticizing is the Nevada Athletic Commission because they have told these lads basically, unless it's massive damage, don't give it any. They they basically, you know, warned them against giving. It, it was massive damage, though. It, right. it was. There's no doubt about that. But like. It, I'm sure Chris Lee, if he was left his own devices with the criteria, he would have given that as a 10-8. There's no, I, I don't think there's any shade of doubt about that. But the, the uh, memo I suppose that has been given is to be careful about scoring 10 Which I don't think is a good memo. So We've talked about that many times before. The fight is a, a very, very good fight. Look, he was 4-1, put a way closer fight than a 4-1 uh, scoreline would have suggested. Obviously, with a 10-8 run in there as well. Barboza did brilliantly to come back. Um, Yusuf did get tired after that massive first round. He worked the
1: body as well, though. He on did. On top of, he did. You know, emptying the tank, trying to put Barboza away in the first round and nearly doing it. Barboza was consistently, you know, he, he, he throws hard to the body and the legs and he was landing consistently to the body. And when you've already kind of you know, used up a lot of your energy and you're getting absolutely belted with a baseball bat to the body, it's definitely going to affect your cardio.
0: 100%. Uh, the rest of the card then, it was, there was some very good, there's some very good talent on these cards. Um, but, but like...
1: Jonathan Martinez, leg kicks were... Yeah, fishy. he
0: looked great against Yanez, who, his name is now Yanez. Changed his name, uh, yeah, what's yeah. going on
1: with that. But is apparently that like he didn't.
0: Appar- no, so there's the 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 thing over the end i'm not sure what it's called and uh, apparently it was always pronounced yanez but he just like americanized it, uh and he said that to luke thomas he's like people can't pronounce it that way so i just call me yanez so i don't think yanez is that hard to pronounce i'd be happy enough to pronounce his name that way if it, yeah. if that's now way it's gonna it
1: be confusing a little bit because um years of, of hearing it the other way <laughs>
0: yeah i i was wondering like should it be jonathan martinez then as well should that yeah, be? It? No, yeah, but uh, yeah, that was. I think that was probably sent Christian Rodriguez looked good as well, but I think he missed weight. Uh, Viviana Aruja beat Maya in like uh, Aruja is one of these fighters. She just blows hot and cold. She's such a good athlete, but I was like, all oh, right, maybe she isn't as good as I thought. And then she beats Maya, who's a good... And I was honestly a bit surprised, even though I really like Haruja But again, someone who blows out and called. Michelle Pereira went in there and got uh, a massive knockout. Um... I actually went out to get a bottle of water and when I came back in the fight was over <laughs> I was like oh fuck I missed the whole thing but I uh, caught him with a big uh, right hand and ground and pounded and finished him it's like faint 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 react react and then yeah. came, boom. that was it lovely stuff uh, as I mentioned Christian Rodriguez Cameron Simon I wonder now Cameron Simon him and him and Caelan Lochran. I wonder, could that happen now? kaelin has been calling him out for, feels like years now at this stage. Now, both of them coming off a loss. I think that's a fight that's very possible. Uh, The damage, Darren Elkins got the rear naked choke finish against TJ Brown. What a guy, absolute legend. Terence McKinney got a quick finish again. uh, Lisboa got a win. And then other people got other wins as well. Congratulations to all of them. Right, let's...
1: uh, did you see the two cuts on Ashley Oters? <sighs> I didn't. actually. Head?
0: Was it about the battle oh, then?
1: Yeah, they're quite bad, yeah. Just like poor Ashley. Both sides are <laughs> red.
0: She's eight and nine now. What a record to be in the UFC with fair blood there. Um This you saw the situation before we move on to UFC two nine four, which goes on uh next week. Um We did a a breaking news podcast about it straight away when it happened, and since then they did the press conference, I don't know if you're watching or not, but I watched it, and to me it was was comical in many ways. Um, They have announced that they will be uh, partnering with a new... A company which is a clean sport I believe it's called so they're going to be directly
1: free international or something like
0: that yeah uh, they're going to be uh, replacing USADA but the way Hunter Campbell was talking about it uh, he's basically saying look USADA when we talked to him about lowering the levels they didn't want to do it but we're going to be able to do that now when he was like just so many different things like oh uh, I, I was talking to you know there was a fighter going through arbitration and um, they they told me straight up I did not take this, and you said just wouldn't listen, and they banned them or, or like oh, we'd we'll be able to change things like that. Now it's like what? But not not even that, right? Not even there was other ones like oh they they had um. They had something in their system, and you know, there's there's picograms and all this stuff, different stuff. It's like we were not going to be, able, you know, there's there, there's no way you said we're moving on that. But now we'll be able to move and all things. It just it just feels like to me a little bit now it's better i i'd rather no t- testing to be honest i, I and i no testing but like commission testing go back to that this you know forcing people to to give their whereabouts 24 7 and all like that i don't think that's fair i don't think it's changed an awful lot only given the people with the most uh, resources or the most money or the biggest gyms maybe even the ability the, the, to the, the- cheat better yeah.
1: The picogram thing is probably because, you know, with John Jones, he'd been banned for something and, you know, and served his time. And then this thing had allegedly stayed in a system. This is allegedly or apparently what what happens with this type of of thing. And then they were, you know, even though he'd been punished for that and served his punishment or whatever, then there's still, you know, if he tests, he's still...
0: Yeah, which is fair enough. That, that part is fair you enough. I mean? But, like, what if it's the first time you get it? Right? What's the. F- the oh, yeah. Well, I,
1: I'd assume, I'd hope that that would be. But also,
0: uh, I remember with John Jones, right? I, I was actually listening to Dave Meltzer talk about this and I'd forgotten about this. So, John Jones was banned the first time, right? Um, and then he was banned the second time. And then the picograms thing happened, right? But when he was banned the second time, when it's a second ban, it should be four years, but he was given less time. Because, remember, he said he was going to rat on people. Who did, who did he rat on? Who was caught because of John Jones? Like when, when That just disappeared, and nothing ever came out about it. It was like, it just, just brushed under the carpet, all this sort of stuff. Like, and it feels like, the way Hunter Campbell was talking, that more stuff is going to be able to be brushed under the carpet now. Which is, if you are a person looking for like fair sport, or you want heavy drug testing, this is probably an absolute nightmare for, for you. Now, I think...
1: Uh, I haven't actually watched the press conference, but I—I was uh, my understanding was that it was going to be the same as, like, whatever the MLB or whatever this company already do, uh, American sports. It was going to be the same type of system as that. Uh, maybe maybe it, that's wrong.
0: Yeah, but it is, right? Well, they're just basically testing, and they hand the resu- results over. And now the UFC have taken on this new guy. His name is George Pirro, I believe. He was like... uh he was the guy who interrogated Saddam Hussein and he worked for the FBI and on. He trains in ATT. He's a black belt, I believe. And he's the guy who's going to be ar- the arbiter of all of this. So if fucking Cameron Simon goes, in, I'm just using Cameron Simon because he's the last fighter. I mean. He goes in, he fails the test after last night. It's going to be handed, uh, no, well, in the new year. It's going to be handed to George Pirro, the results from drug-free sport or whatever the fuck they're called. And he's going to be the one who decides it. Any leader said, "No, you're not banned," or he'll say, "Yes, you are banned." I'm, I'm sure that'll go well. And, and like uh, your man, um, the uh, gold. Surely, be- surely
1: there'll have to be some kind of like list of like you know, he's not just criteria. making it on whim. Surely,
0: I don't know. There, your I man, don't know.
1: Uh, Time will tell. But Jeff yeah, Nowitzki I, I, was
0: like, "Oh, you could not question this guy's integrity and all this." <laughs> I, yes, I could. I could. Like, What are you fucking talking about? He's got to be a UFC employee. they wanted Jeff Nowitzki to do it. And, like, he's like, oh, no, I couldn't give up my job. I love it too much. It, like, it, there was nothing about, no, any fucking uh, conflict of interest or anything there. Like, <laughs> these guys, they sat there and they acted like, oh, this you sort of been lying about us. They, and and they, they looked at them. The McGregor thing was d- disgraceful. And I think the... the Announcing, in part and ways with the UFC was disgraceful as well. It made them look bad, worse than than they should have. To be fair, now the UFC, I think they have tried to to you know with the drug testing and all over the last while, and like they've used McGregor as a scapegoat for months. If this was a thing that just happened now, for you said but they released a press statement uh, months ago that we talked about on the podcast as well, just trying to scapegoat McGregor, and it was it's been ridiculous for months. So you know. Uh, you you said are no uh, no sense, but look, I uh, all in all, I am maybe speaking a bit negatively about Nowitzki and, and Hunter Campbell. They do seem to want to get drug testing to where it is a little bit more fair for everyone. But I think the 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 most unfair part of it is the actual testing itself, rather than the results of the testing. Like the results of the testing are something that almost have to have a criteria as you were kind of saying there if you do this if you have this amount in a in your body you and look, you can go to arbitration if you can prove it was a fucking supplement or something, okay, maybe you only get six months, if not, you're getting the two years or whatever it might be, I, I think that is I, I think it needs fair, to be
1: indisputable, sometimes we see guys in all sports get banned and then it's like, well, sir, like this is a normal range, but under yes, certain circumstances 100%. you could produce more of this and more of this and yeah. if, you, if you're tested right after a sleep or this or this it'd be, you know, there's some grey areas and guys are getting accused or getting, you know, they're their legacy tainted over things that they they haven't done anything illegal. So I, I, I can understand a frustration from the UC with things like that. But it can't just swing completely the other way, you know, yeah. where it's just like, you know, you can't be just taking EP- there should be like, you know, EPO and drugs like that and, you know, uh, obviously steroids and, you know, um, what are the other like TRT shouldn't be allowed in competition and all that stuff. Like if you're, uh, you know, I think you saw I had a lot of things on where you couldn't, you'd have to check to take absolutely anything kind of supplements or even like a headache tablet or things like that. And it, it was just too too strict for, you know, to sit, uh, you mentioned the whereabouts thing and all, it was too strict for a private contractor to be to be under this. Um
0: But they were asked, I, I think Kevin and I only asked Jeff Nowitzki about, uh, maybe i get the name now, but is it called strict liability where it's like you're liable for whatever you put into your body? So like if you... T- you know drink a fucking cup of coffee and it happens that there's fucking testosterone in that coffee you didn't know there was testosterone and this is a wild example obviously now should you get two years for that okay fair enough maybe not but should you get some sort of ban for that because of the strict liability yes i think strict. Well, maybe liability you just have to wait
1: okay. till the testosterone in your coffee or the testosterone you got from your coffee goes out of your system before yeah. you're allowed to fight
0: yeah and how long would that be is could that be a six months thing like I, I there should I have be no idea, like that. I Yeah, no, I don't have an idea either. But like, I think strict liability does make sense. Like, and it's something that needs to be uh, part of it. And they just complete. Like, go back and listen to that Kevin? I only asked that question, and he just completely just skip that question gave some political answer and moved on from it it's like that question needs to be actually a- asked again and answered a fair bit look i give kevin shit because he's a shill and everything but like that was a good question to ask and they just never answered it whatsoever so i like they came out and they were on the attack and all this i'm like well you know there's a few questions you need to answer too and i don't think they did a great job of actually answering those questions at all Like, and yeah um it's not great, but yeah, look, the whole you said, the whole McGregor thing, like it was on the news about McGregor and all, and there was articles coming out saying, oh, this has fallen down because of Conor McGregor. It's like, it's not, it's very little to do with McGregor, like I think, that, apart from you said using his name to be like, oh, well, they didn't, uh, they didn't leave us because we were terrible at our jobs. They left us because Conor McGregor, like what What about Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor hasn't fought. They haven't put him into a fight. In you know you he's know done, since he's, he's been done out. everything,
1: by the, you the books like
0: yeah, he signed up now and they're not putting him into a fight for six months. It's like what's going on here and it's weird because pe- because mcgregor wasn't signing up for a fight or wasn't signing up to get into USAD or whatever everyone was like assuming that something nefarious was going on but like you? i don't think the ufc for the sake of waiting a couple of months would do that to to their own fucking reputation like they, they would do something say like the john jones thing or something where they can explain it away no problem yeah okay the, the ufc are not beyond doing something like that but they can, you can't explain away way this McGregor thing. And, like, it doesn't need... It doesn't need explaining in a way anyway. You could just wait fucking two months, and it makes it, your life a lot easier. Like, McGregor, you give him a date, and, like, he's... McGregor says, I want to fight, and you give him a date in six months. I'm sure he'd be, oh, yeah, great, no problem, you know? It's... I just thought it was a bizarre one, the whole... And not, not that Connor's beyond reproach here or anything, absolutely not, but in this situation, it just anyone with a fucking brain <laughs> would realise what has happened here. It's just... You saw the were getting thrown out by the UFC, and then they just decided. What gets clicks? What? Gets yeah, that's exactly the end it. of the day. Yeah, yeah. If it was fucking Uriah Faber making a comeback here or something, they probably wouldn't be putting him like. <laughs> they put McGregor. They put McGregor, they, which was the weirdest part of it. They put McGregor going back into the USADA pool in part <laughs> as part of their thing. Like, oh. Dude, they were leaving the UFC in the same fucking uh, press release. It's like, wait, hold on, he's gone back into the pool. So everything is doing al-
1: <laughs> is being done along our guidelines yeah. now. This is all his fault. <laughs> <What?
0: laughs> it's bizarre. Absolutely, like if they had done this two weeks ago or something. But the, uh this it just uh, all bizarre. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, UFC 294 gram goes down next week. It's on in a good time for us actually because it's on in Abu Dhabi. Um, oh, also, the UFC has um, we we should mention this the UFC have signed up to fight an event in Saudi Arabia, which you know, we've talked about Saudi Arabia with the Nganu situation uh, and PFL recently. Again, not not good you know the, the we've seen the fucking sports washing that's been going on and now the UFC are becoming a part of it obviously you know now by endeavor WWE have done a lot of events in Saudi Arabia over the last few years uh and now the UFC are getting into that as well and that's going to be uh, look that's going to be a massive story over the next few years like the the hold that Saudi Arabia have over sports and now MMA because I saw it today actually and I I actually didn't read the article yet but I saw that Endeavour are going are trying to buy the PGA Tour so I wonder like how how that's going to happen Did not
1: buy that already or
0: no? No no they're still separate but they signed some sort of an agreement but Liv or Saudi Arabia and like if the uh, Endeavour buy the PGA Tour there's probably an assumption for me now I need to to, write, uh, to read into it literally as we were starting the podcast I saw the the headline and need to, need to read more into it as I said but I assumed they'd be working with Saudi Arabia if they did that as well so they're working with WWE they're working with the golf and now they're working with them in MMA as well with the UFC obviously as our PFL who took in a big investment um, and look Francis Ngannou is also going out to fight there in two weeks against the or to, to box in two weeks against, uh, against Tyson Fury so the yeah. Saudi I Arabian,
1: I, said, I think I said it on here when, when WWE and UFC, you know, became TKO or whatever, that it was kind of inevitable and it, it didn't take too long, did it? That was only a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, as you said, it's pretty much every sport that, um, you know, now is, is being, um, how do you say, um, sports washed. Yeah, exactly, you know, and it kind of people kind of become we all kind of become numb to it because it's just kind of inevitable at this stage that it's going to get its grip deeper and deeper (laughs) if it wants on on whatever sport it wants and money talks and, and, you know, investors and business people want the want the best, the highest amount of money and uh, whoever's paying that is the the person they, they want to work with and You know, when you've got investors and stuff, it makes sense. But at the same time, you know, once once these guys are in, it's it's if you ever want them out, it's it's going to be extremely difficult, if not impossible. Um, So yeah, it's a it's um you know it's a bit of a worrying time for for all sports fans. Things could be, you know, we've seen it in in golf, we've seen it in soccer. You know.
0: if I was PFL, it would be it's a not, It's not
1: good uh, for the sport. It hasn't been good for the sport it's come into so far, in my opinion. No. Hopefully, you know, uh, <laughs> something can happen to change that, but I, I don't see, see what.
0: If, you, if you're PFL and you're looking and you've gotten some of this big investment, I, I just wonder, would you be a little bit worried? And now maybe worried is the wrong word, but like it felt like what they did in golf has changed the way they're doing things because... They went to, so let's say if, if we, they did to MMA what they did in golf, they just buy Bellator and just start, you know, giving massive offers to everyone whose contract came up and try to go at them that way. Whereas now, you know, in golf, they're, they're making an agreement with the PGA Tour in, look, they look like, okay, they went for PFL first, but now it looks like they're trying to get into bed with the, um, uh, with, with the uh, with the UFC looking soccer like the you know there was d- different places around and it's it's not just and look we were just about to talk about the fucking uh, the Abu Dhabi card as well and things but like it's it's and it's not you know Qatar uh, attempted to buy man united and failed and, and other things as well it's, so it's not, it's not just saudi arabia but saudi arabia seem to be leading the way at the moment in in the, the sports washing game like they bought there was Man City was bought by people and, you know, whoever else is bought by... Newcastle is bought by by Saudi Arabia. But now Saudi Arabia have basically started their own league and are, you know, trying to sign all the best players and... From the become, rivals
1: of their club team. You yeah, know.
0: and <laughs> cut out the middlemen. So it's... it's That's massive. But also
1: trying to, you know... You know, if, if somebody... If Saudi Arabia own Newcastle and they own the Saudi League and they're trying to sign you know, Man United's best player when the transfer window was closed in England for insane money and they're trying to sign, you know, all of Newcastle's potential rivals' best players or not even sign them just disrupt them and, you know, unsettle them and things like that. Yeah.
0: You bad. know, they're not
1: they're not adverse to a few few uh, tactics, you know.
0: And how long will it be like until So, apparently they were paying 50 million per event to WWE uh and you know, how much will they be paying to the UFC? We, you know, we'll see. How many 50 millions do they throw out there before they go here? Why are we doing this? Why don't we just buy these lads out? Why don't we just buy both of them? Let's, you know, let's stick to 12 billion on it there. And, we'll, 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 and now I know a lot of 50 millions add up to 12 billion, but you know what I mean? Like these lads, money's no object for them. If they could own WWE and own the UFC, that'd be fucking massive for them. And like, is that a possibility down the line? I wouldn't rule it out. So watch this space. Watch this space. Right. uh if it, it feels odd to go from that to to UFC two nine four in Abu Dhabi, but that's our landscape at the moment. Um, there is this is a an unbelievable event. Um. The two title fights, which, if you haven't been paying attention uh, to MMA over the last week, and maybe you just listened to the Severe MMA podcast, uh, it went from Isla Makacha versus Charles Oliveira uh, and uh, Hamzat Shumaya versus Paulo Costa to now Isla Makacha versus Alexander Volkanovski and uh, Hamza Shumaya versus Kamaru Usman. Um, in my opinion, two better fights. Um, way yeah, better fights. Uh, no, the Vulcan, especially the Usman one, I think that's fantastic. The Volkanovski fight, it's probably the fight in MMA I want to see the most. I would rather it not be on 11 days' notice with Volkanovski coming off a of surgery, but we still have it, and it's still a very, very good fight. Um, general thoughts on the main event first grade Mikachev and Volkanovski and we'll, obviously we'll be doing the, the long preview for this whole card I might even jump on with the boys this week but it's a phenomenal fight again it's a tough one on Volkanovski on 11 days notice now it's tough on Makachev on 11 days notice as well for a, when he's uh uh preparing for a completely different body a completely different fighter but you know great fight still poss- uh, with the possibility of it having we'd probably have to leave Makachev here wouldn't you
1: yeah, whew. um, I think the rounds are going to be so close again. <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be uh, assuming that you know Volkanovski's surgery has healed uh, enough that it's not uh, a massive hindrance. You know, if uh, if he's in there with one arm, <laughs> you know, it's going to be it's going to be a problem. But assuming that he's he's ready to go and. As 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 ready as as ready to go as you can be on you know less than two weeks or whatever, then I see this being an extremely close fight again. I think I think I said this on the podcast with you when we did the breaking news one. You know, Makachev is is extremely good at what he does, but maybe Volkanovski is a bit more of a, a fight IQ guy who could figure things out and adjust on the fly and has probably maybe watch that fight back a lot more times (laughs) than uh, Makachev has uh, because he came out on the losing side of it, you know, to analyze it with his team and work on things and things like that. So, you know, I'm sure he has uh, tactics coming in here that are a little bit different that he's going to try and, you know, exploit different things. And it's just a really, you know, a technician like Volkanovski. I wouldn't be surprised if he could work it out and, and win enough rounds. But again, I see it being really close. I see, you know, um, I, I do see Makachev as the as the favorite, but uh, very slight. Uh, this is a this is so hard to call. Uh,
0: I think yeah. I, I think I might have to do the rewatch on this fight uh, this week over on Patreon because, like, I feel like it's maybe too simplistic to say look. Volkanovski needs to stop more takedowns than he did the first time, although he did a good job. And Makachev, even though he did a good job, needs to probably get a few more takedowns. Like, it feels like they both had success in all areas the last time when it was a very close fight, which Makachev Mik- uh, obviously nudged. Um, I, I can't wait for it. I just hope that Volkanovski is somewhere near his best. Like, that's on 11 days notice, that might be hard to, to even fathom, but, you know...
1: Yeah. I hope. I think it was. I think in their first fight, it was the second round it was like the swing round, and you, you could have made like good arguments either way. And I think you even scored the fight for 48-47. So you know, this this was a razor close fight. And sometimes after a razor close fight, after a little bit of time, um, you just kind of think, oh, he lost the decision. But this this was, you know, he 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 definitely won the third round. He definitely won the fifth round, and it all came down to the second round, and you know, a little. A little, one little difference in, in one little moment will, probably would have swung that around either way. So uh, this is a game of fine margins. And if somebody can, you know, um if somebody can exploit something that, they, that they've that they seen in the other guy, that could be the difference.
0: 100%. Yeah, I can't, cannot wait for it. As I cannot wait for Usman versus Shemaev. Uh, I really love this fight. Look, Usman's coming off for of two losses, but two, you know, one, one, Again, you're talking about how I scored. Five. I think I scored the last fight against Edwards a draw, uh, as I think one of the judges did as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and obviously, he got knocked out in the fifth round of the fight before that. So, uh, uh, a fight he was winning. So it's not exactly <laughs> he, as if he's fallen off the the top level ability. You know, he yeah
1: he, he lost a majority decision. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, very
0: close. Yeah, so he's gone up in weight class now. I'm on us again to fight Shemaev. Shemaev, who. Is uh, he was supposed to fight at 170 last time, wasn't he? And he's you know he fought at 170 against Burns before that. He has fought at 185 before. Obviously, the the UFC don't want him fighting at 170 because of the weight issue. So it's not it's not like a welterweight going up to middleweight to fight a middleweight. It's it's a, a welterweight fighting a tweener basically. Who was it was at welterweight. So I don't, I don't think that's a big issue. Uh, it's seven months since that fight uh, against Leanne Edwards, so that's ample time. I'm sure, like, it, there's been a lot of rumours about him looking for a fight recently, so I'm not sure this is completely different, I'm not sure this is completely the same as the Volkanovski one. I think Usman will probably be in, you know, if not tip-top shape, I think he'll be close enough to it, so it's a massive test for Shamayev. like, what's Shamayev good at? He's a, a nightmare wrestler uh, and a very good striker who gets kind of, you know, who got drawn in against Burns, I suppose, but, a guy who is just so dominant, but he's coming up against a guy against like Usman, who's never been nominated by anyone, you know, who is a very good striker himself, who's a good jab and is very good at controlling, who is, you know, an, uh, um, an NCAA wrestler who takes guys down a wheel who doesn't get taken down himself much,
1: who's used uh, to going five rounds and yeah. um, you know can can go for days, and you know if she might have, he likes to explode out of the gate, and you know if he if he explodes out of the gate and. Can't get much success and burns a lot of energy. You know this could Osman. You know he's a difficult matchup for anybody. Like I think, you know, obviously the you mentioned the one eighty five thing. I don't think it will make much of a difference because it's kind of both guys are kind of in betweeners uh, as you said. Yeah, I think you know this is. I just don't know how this fight is going to look. I don't. I, I don't know. Like, is Shimayev going to be able to get him down? I'm. I'm. I'm I have doubts. You know. Uh, he'd probably be able to get him down at some stage if he's relentless, but. Will he be able to put him there consistently and keep him there? Uh, will he be able to get him down at all on the feet? Will he be able to land a big shot? Or will the kind of technician and boxing, you know, of Usman be enough to to wear him down? And can Usman then get his own take? is just so many, it's just really interesting. And I'm, I'm not sure how the fight's going to look.
0: Yeah, me neither. I really, I really don't know because like, the the mad forward pressure and pace of shamayev is something that makes most men wilt let's be honest but God Almighty, is it going to make Usman wilt? Like, nothing has ever made Usman wilt. So I, Especially not recently, anyway. I, I'm fascinated by this fight. I, I, honestly, I can't... his can,
1: knees as well, we always got to mention that. Uh,
0: <laughs> is he still walking like a cow downstairs? <laughs> walking backwards. Downstairs. I don't know. I'm look, do you know what? I'm looking forward to hearing Harry Powell talking about this because I feel like that man will have studied this very well and uh, might have a better idea, but... Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for this fight. It'll be very, very fun. Um, big Irish interest as well. Johnny Walker fighting Mohamed Ankalaev. Um, Johnny Walker can't be that far away from a, a title shot with the run. He's been on one three in a row, being Anthony Smith and Paul Craig last two times out uh, after Kutilaba. Um Massive fight for, for SBG. You know, Ankalaev obviously was um, was fighting for the title against Blachowicz in his last fight, and it's been you know, what is it, 10 months almost to the day since he last fought. Uh, This is one of those ones again, Graham, isn't it, where Johnny Walker has become a more technical fighter and it's worked very well for him. But now he's gone in there against the guy who is the technical fighter, I suppose, (laughs) almost in the top 10 of that division. And we will see, I suppose, how effective that technique is. I always think with Johnny... That if he can add a bit, you know, he's he's a freak athlete. If he can add a bit more of that freak athleticism into this new form, yeah, it's technical finding ability, the balance
1: between, yeah, betw- yeah it, you know, I think he was a wild man. You know, he he was out there balls to the wall, throwing crazy stuff, and and it's fantastic when it works, but when it doesn't, you know, all those high energy moves and you know spinning attacks and jumping attacks, you end up on your back. You know, things things can go wrong, and it definitely made sense to you know, uh, become a bit more uh, patient and technical in there. But you can also, you know, as we mentioned before, go too far in that direction and kind of lose what made you, you as a fighter, you know, made you uh, such a threat. And I think in his last few, he actually has kind of, you know, found that balance and uh, a little bit more. And, you know, he fought he fought some very tough guys, you know, um, in his losses and things like that. And he had some underwhelming performances, but he looks to have kind of, as you were hinting out there, put it all together a lot better now but this this is a very difficult matchup as well you know this is this guy is is a difficult style matchup for anybody and if if you do kind of end up in a bad position you're probably gonna you're probably gonna stay there and on the feet he's he's very good as well and you know if you if you leave yourself open you got capitalize so this is this is a, a kind of a tightrope to be walking here and trying to get trying to find that balance between um like being being dangerous and tend to get the finish and or landing the damage to win the rounds and you know uh not exposing yourself
0: <sighs>
1: you know if johnny walker wins this surely he'd be entitled contention either guy wins it surely they'd be entitled contention but um just another one that you know it could go either way can johnny land those big shots can he avoid uncle big shots can he can he avoid getting put on his back um, this another one that could go either way. I think I saw that Ankhalayev was a sizable favorite. I I, I would have yeah. had a closer myself. Yeah. Well, let me have a look again. I, I had a look yesterday. I um, I,
0: I would agree to like. I I think maybe people don't respect the what Johnny Walker has done in the last three fights.
1: Yeah, uh, minus three forty for Ankaliev
0: Yeah, I think that's a bit steep. Like I probably would hang, have Ankaliyev as a bit of a favorite, but you know. I still think people don't see Johnny Walker as what he now is, which is a much better fighter. I, like I probably think this would be a close decision, if I'm being honest. But if Johnny can open up, he could finish him. Like He really could. But ankalive is a good fighter um, and a very good technical fighter as well. As I said, if you're if you're a fan of big technical fights, this is probably the one for you. I think it will be good. Um, like, would anybody
1: be that surprised if Johnny Walker knocked him out in thirty seconds? You know, probably yeah. not. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, yeah. that's yeah. unusual for somebody of a, over of a, such a you know minus three forty, minus three seventy five favorite yeah, or true. underdog. Might be a good you know, flyer this, for this is a dangerous guy, especially at big at higher weights. You know, one one strike can end it quickly, and it could, it could go against Johnny. But I think he's he's much more of a live dog than. Then he's given credit for so far. on I'm looking at other rods here and minus three seventy five. That's big like.
0: Yeah, massive. Um some other very good fights on this and some very good prospects. Um Ikram Maskirov is fighting Orly Alves. Said Nurmagomedov is on the card. Mohamed Makayev is getting a step up against Tim Elliott. I love that fight. What a fucking fight. That is huge test for Makayev coming off of that knee injury as well. Massive for him. Yeah, and Makhyev. he's a
1: massive favorite as well, like minus five hundred, minus really? five ninety.
0: Ooh, yeah. that's interesting. Like,
1: plus 420 for for tim elliott like that is tim elliott's an awkward guy he's good everywhere he's scrambly he's he's tough you know and like i know uh i know like this guy for a long time amateur rank amateur ranks could turn him pro he's undefeated all that stuff but coming back off an injury you know against a really difficult guy there's definitely a bit more questions around it than than if this was just a a straight up matchup and and none of this kind of happened so uh, yeah like I expected to win but I, I was also surprised to see that line.
0: Yeah, it's uh, me too when you said it there. It, it's a very interesting night for UK MMA as well because you've Makaev, you've Javid Basharat, uh and you have Nathaniel Wood as well fighting uh, Muhammad Naimov in this card. It's still up a 145 is Wood and uh uh, a tough enough fight there against Naimov who's a very, very good fighter looking forward as well to seeing Anshul Jubilee uh, on this 7-0 and prospect he was very impressive in his UFC debut he fought on the, the road to the UFC as well so he's in against uh, Mike Breeden who's experienced 16 fights into his career so there's a lot of good stuff here there's uh, a Magomedov 11-0 and starting as well I've never heard of him but I'm sure he's probably good <laughs> you know uh, so uh, yeah very, very, very much looking forward to seeing this card and uh,
1: if you're a wrestler from like somewhere Eastern European or around yeah. there, you're probably better off changing your name to like Mega Of just to get signed.
0: Mega Med, Mega Med, Mega Medov. Right. Yeah,
1: Edov at the end, and yeah. you're good to go.
0: It's like the Irish with all O's in their names. That's it. No, sure. All right, that's it. Um Yeah. So. That's the big MMA card next week. The week after, then, we have, again, a massive weekend for Irish MMA with Danny McCormick fighting in the title. Obviously, we'll preview that fight next week and uh, and everything else, which is coming up. But, um, yeah, fascinating. And uh, anything else to talk about, Graham? No? Did you watch the... Do you know, do you, do you know the way I've called footboxing, kickboxing, footboxing? I, I've, I, I'm going to now call this other YouTube box. I'm going to start calling it fuckboxing. That's what I'm gonna start calling it. Did you you watched the fuck boxing last night, did you?
1: No, no. Cage uh, <laughs> Wars went on till like after twelve, getting the interviews done and oh, stuff, yeah. and came back uh, absolutely wrecked and watched the UFC. And I saw like a little Twitter uh, or X. I can't get used to that. Um, uh, just call it Twitter. Stuff of, of, like the like mad moments and stuff. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. Like I just like I enjoy some of the. Some of the the shy talk or whatever and stuff like that, and it's, but like well, I don't know, it's just
0: once the boxing yeah. starts, it's terrible. Yeah, once, the, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just, I just can't get into it. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't get. Into it's
0: just it. an absolute embarrassment for everyone involved. Like you like this, the the stench of that is very hard to get off. You like there was two box of matches last night, and there wasn't one punch landed in either of them. Like, it, was, it was a joke. Like, these people are just robbing people oh, yeah. of they, their they
1: money. Tommy Fury went, yeah.
0: Yeah, he won, but he probably should have lost, like, it was... You know, he didn't really land much. The Dylan Dennis just didn't throw a punch for the whole thing and then went for a takedown at the end. And then your man um, your man, fucking hammer fisted him. Like, definitely should have got disqualified for that. And then, like, his security kept jumping in the whole time when Dylan Dennis was going for takedowns and stuff. But yeah. It was, Sorry, Logan hammer
1: fisted him, was
0: it? Yeah, Logan hammer fisted. Dylan, like, pulled guard after going for a takedown. He went for a guillotine and then he fell on his back. And then Logan hammer fisted him. And then Dylan got disqualified because oh, he threw yeah, an up yeah, yeah. at him. That, so, that, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like just a load of shit. Uh, after the cage wires, it, uh, it, it happened to come up. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, sure. Well,
1: well, Paul, you, you prefer to be at the the Paul Hughes. <laughs> of course. Uh, like, ama- imagine. Ama- imagine.
0: ASI, yeah. Imagine you're covering hey. the sport and you, you want that shit fuck boxing instead of proper MMA. Like, fuck. Go fuck yourself. Like, and I hate even talking about it like, but <laughs> no when when Dylan Dannis is there
1: strong words from a strange man
0: Yeah, when I hope Dylan Dannis comes back and does a bit of MMA like you know or, or, actually I don't really care but it's a shame you know it's a shame but however that is that uh, we have do you know what's weird as well right I mean, I was, I'm
1: sure Dylan got handsomely paid anyway, yeah,
0: so. fair, but not, I actually he's the only one I kind of respect coming out of it because like he purposefully did not boxing that he just like oh i'm just coming here to pick up my check good luck which i respect a lot to be honest he just like he made i, I do you know why i liked it the right because he made this whole fuck boxing look wh- exactly what it is he exposed low, the farce i didn't see it but just... yeah he exposed the farce that's exactly what i did and anyone involved in it anyone taking their money you are part of it you, like it it really is something that you cannot uh, people get the enjoy the
1: phrase and whatever but like yeah, yeah you know, but it's not
0: yeah but it. fair enough you enjoy it no problem but if you're a real MMA person you care about your reputation or anything like that anyone involved in this unless you do what Dylan Dannis did and expose it for the shit that it is you, like I don't think you can get that stank off you I really don't but uh there's more of it coming up in 2 uh, weeks
1: I, don't know. I I wouldn't be I I just, no, I just think, I think it you
0: can't, a, I don't think you can get the shit off you uh Tyson Fury uh, is is boxing Francis Ngannou in two weeks, and he uh, he was at that thing last night. He has another fight already booked. Poor old Francis! Is it, is it
1: it's a pro uh, fight? Is it or is it an exhibition? I, I, I don't know. I
0: uh, yeah, it's a pro fight. Yeah, I think it is. But okay. uh, he's just treating this like a sparring matchup, and i I think it's. Because of that People are not going to buy it Because like Oh, why would I buy that She's fighting Usyk in a few months I'll just buy that one instead I, I don't think it's going to do that well at uh, all People are all buying Francis... a YouTube
1: box And they probably buy
0: Oh, uh, n- well no The opposite in fact I think Probably they bought that And they won't buy that You know, I, I think Francis is after getting Fucking screwed here And it's just Tyson Picking up, up, up a bit of money In the middle of his camp For the, the Usyk About so. yeah, Well, if a guy like... who
1: gets Handsomely paid And he gets a He gets a You know A chance to Grow his name and stuff like that, his brand. You know, obviously, if he goes out there and gets disgraced or something, it wouldn't be ideal. But at the end of the day, he'd be laughing all the way to the bank. So I like think that's of the day, Saudi
0: probably, money again. Yeah,
1: he doesn't care too much. And anyway, I wouldn't say about mm-hmm. what Fury's talk. Maybe use that as motivation. He's looking past me, and you know, you can you can spin it to maybe your advantage.
0: It's a, yeah, but it's it's like that. It is not that he's looking past the meat, It's just that he's a relevant heat type of thing. Which is not not great. Like this is, and, and I I was I'm actually kind of looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to a bit of a at least. It's I didn't. Uh, Hasim
1: Rahman knock out Lennox Lewis because he was looking past him.
0: Yeah, but he's a proper boxer. Francis, you know, is not even a good boxer in a male. Like you know, he just an actor. I wasn't having Rahman just, just swinging
1: big punches. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing up the. Yeah, but I like know.
0: yeah, I do. You, sorry, <laughs> do, do, you think, uh, do you think Francis is going to beat Tyson Fury? Um,
1: I I don't really watch boxing, but I'd be I I doubt it massively i don't know enough <laughs> about boxing to, to like say what's gonna happen he's gonna do this like i haven't seen enough of divesbury to know like exactly what he's gonna do or whatever but i think he's you know uh he's just gonna be way like it's a different sport you know even the, the canvas is different and uh the row everything's just it's just a different sport it's like a pool player going playing snooker or something
0: indeed it is all right we will uh we will leave it there uh Great stuff by yourself, Nandy, and Ian covering the uh, cage warriors last night. You did a fantastic job, fair play, chi And uh, if you haven't signed up to our Patreon yet, please do patreon.com forward slash severe male my podcast. Uh, if you would like to make your skin glow, sign up to Caldera Lab. Uh, use the promo code SevereMay for 20% off at CaleraLab.com. Follow Graham at Me. Follow me at Sean Sheehan BA. Follow at Sevieramaypod if you would like to keep in touch with what the podcast is doing. And aside from that, please give us a subscribe here if you're listening on Spotify, SoundCloud, anything like that. Um, it's free and you'll get your podcast every Sunday slash maybe Monday at the odd time. When uh, Graham could barely wake me up today, I was asleep I was, asleep. He thought I was yeah, the
1: one at the event he would have followed <laughs> the way around.
0: Yeah, but I stayed up I, I, much if much.
1: you didn't see our interviews, head over to this, we on my YouTube, they're, they're very good, like interviews with Paul Hughes uh, Caelan Loughran and all the other Irish guys on the card and you know, uh, support your support your local MMA
0: website <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed uh, alright everyone, thank you very much for listening we'll see you all next time Graham, sign us out with your court for a week.
1: Your sister sees the future like your mama and yourself. You've never learned to read or write. There's no books upon your shelf. Your pleasure knows no limits. Your voice is like a meadow lark, but your heart is like an ocean, mysterious and dark.
0: Beautiful. I'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday, probably. Good luck.